good morning, everybody. Y'all are looking chipper this morning. Hope you pass some of that to me. I need some chipperism. <laughs> we welcome any visitors that may be here this morning. Um, and all we ask from you is that you please fill out that Connect card. It should be in the um, hymnal holder right in front of you and it just give us some information. And we'd appreciate it if you would do that. Next Wednesday, or this, this Wednesday, um, the adults in the fellowship hall will be with Scott Lamb. He's going to be leading our Bible study, and the children and youth will meet in their designated areas. Next Sunday, July 18th, will be Ray Owens speaking. For your giving, as usual, you can go back and place it in this back box back here. You can mail it, or you can go to cypressstreet.church/give. That's not. That sounds complicated, but it's really not. If you want to give that way, we appreciate it. Oh, coming in. I know everybody's been traveling and doing all their summer things, but we're so glad to have all of you here. And a very special warm welcome to Julie, Neil, Hadley, and Peter. It's so good to have y'all back. It was just wonderful walking in and seeing you guys, so welcome. Okay. We're going to begin our program this morning by inviting Brother Neil to come up and sing a song that he taught us. He is worthy. We're so glad he's here to do that. Well, good to see everybody, and uh, we're excited. To, uh, we, when we left about a year ago, we didn't think it'd be a year before we were back to see everybody, but... It took a little bit, life took a little bit of a detour, but, uh, but God's been good and we're so thankful to uh, be back with friends this morning. So. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. And is all creation groaning? It is. And is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave, he is 
David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus our Messiah Hold forever those he loves. Yes. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priest to God. With the sun, is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of that he do that because it was he who taught us that song when he was with us as he did so many other songs that we're now singing so our repertoire is larger due to brother neil having been here and it's so good to see little hadley and peter and julie along with them and when you love somebody you hate to see them go but it's so nice when they come back to visit isn't it even though it was a bit longer than what we were anticipating Let's join together now singing, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to he is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is. 
is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yes, will I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through Christ. 
yet not I, but through Christ in me. Y'all want me to sing that little ditty so they go out? Yes. No. <laughs> you of all people know better. <laughs> if you'll uh, look at your bulletin, if you have one, there's a list of the prayer requests. Um, we need to pray for Larry Lawson. Um, I got word that uh, Jerry Crane has fallen a couple times and he needs our prayer. Ken McConnell, Shirley Mayhar, Jerry Crane, Carl Sharpton, Reverend Lonnie Swan, it's his 96th birthday. Situation in Haiti, how do you say this? Mymar? Not sure. Our missionaries, the COVID situation, our churches and Pollock youth camps. And I'm sure there are many, many other things on our hearts that God already knows about. He's already there. If you would uh, join me in prayer, please. Father, we thank you that we can come to you. <clears throat> we thank you that you already know, that you know the details, and you're there in the midst. We just pray for each and every situation that your will be done, and we pray for peace and comfort for those of us on the outside looking in and for those of us who are going through things. We ask this in your precious name, amen. Um, before Scott comes up, I believe he's going to be continuing his declare and, on independence, and I found this it's lyrics, just a few lyrics from the Newsboys. This was a long time ago. This was 12 years ago. But it says, through you the kingdom comes. Through you the battle's won. Through you I'm not afraid. Through you the price is paid. Through you there's victory. Because of you my heart sings. I am free. Yes, I am free. And if you'll come right on up, I think we all know you. Thank you. We're so glad to be back uh, this morning to be with you and uh, trust that God's given you a good week and you've been able to just uh, take joy and what, uh, what we have through Christ, and you've been able to declare some things like we talked about last week. And it's uh, good to see uh, Neil and his family here, and I hope to be able to uh, get to visit with them some. So it's, it's good to be here today. We trust uh, the Lord will help us this morning in this sermon, and um, matter of fact, let's just uh, pray right now. Dear God, we're thankful for your love for us, we're thankful for how you help us, how you guide us. We're thankful for your word, and um, it's just uh, so powerful and important for us. God, we pray that as we get into it today, that it will just be real to us, that we'll have an experience with it, that it'll be something that speaks to us and speaks in us and gives us a confidence 
God, uh, help us to, um, to understand um, more about you through this and what we can declare about you to a world that needs to hear it. God, I pray that you'll help me to just um, surrender to you this morning and be able to speak what you would have me to speak. God, if there's anything that would be about to come out of my mouth that you don't want to say, God, we pray that you just stop it and, and help me in that. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. So last week, on uh, 4th of July, Independence Day, we looked at a portion of the Declaration of Independence. You might remember that, some of you that were here. And we acknowledge that uh, this document, um, that our nation back in 1776 was declaring independence, as the title suggests. Declaring independence and a complete break from the rule of Britain and the king there. And in light of that, we asked the question, what can we, the people of God, believers and followers of Christ, what can we declare? Is there anything that we can declare? And we laughed about an old saying that we used to hear some people saying, well, I declare, right? And um, so we say, so I declare, what can I declare? What can we declare together this morning? And um, I used the uh, acronym to help us along the way. It was I-D-E-C-L-A-R-E. -E. I think I spelled that right. I declare. So uh, we got as far as C last week. So we're going to uh, continue on with that in, uh, in this message this morning. So let's briefly review for those of you who weren't here and for those of you who were here. We'll review uh, what we went over last week in I declare. So first we said I was independence. And I asked uh, Miss Priscilla, and it looks like she did, to go ahead and fill in the blanks on those first four that we covered last week. And we looked at some scripture, and uh, we were saying, like the drafters and the signers of the Declaration of Independence who declared for the United Colonies their independence from Britain, we too, today, here, as Christians, we can de declare our independence from the rule of sin in our life. Amen? Because of what Jesus Christ has done. We have freedom in Christ. So I'm going to touch on these quickly so we can get on to the next one. The second one, um, D. We, we said we could declare death is defeated. Death is defeated. And we shared some scripture that showed how Jesus Christ conquered death. And it was amazing in the song that Neil did. There was a line in there about Christ has conquered the grave. He's conquered death. So um, even in that song, I was thinking as y'all were singing it, these are all declarations. Even as they were in the background saying, He is. That's a declaration. We do. We will. Uh, those things. That, that's a declaration of what uh, we can say about what we believe from the, God's Word and the truth of that. So death is defeated. This declaration speaks to what? The resurrection of Jesus and his victory over the grave. And as those of us who trust in Jesus for salvation, we share in his resurrection. And we can declare, like that scripture we read in 1 Corinthians, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So death is defeated. And E, we got to E, and this one might seem a little weird to some of y'all, but it was excellent exchange rate. And um, as uh, interesting as that might sound, what we talked about was when we're uh, traveling from one country to another, you know, they'll have a, a thing where you can exchange currencies. 
And the exchange rate, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. You might really not get a good bang for your buck, and some of them. The exchange rate may be to your advantage or your disadvantage. But with God, as believers, the exchange is always great. And we went on to explain what that meant. We read the, the, the passage in Isaiah that um, says, beauty for ashes, gladness for mourning. See the exchange here? What uh, we get in exchange for what we give. Um, praise instead of despair. And about the excellent exchange that we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that says, when we trust Christ, we make an exchange. Our sin for His righteousness. Our sin for His righteousness. He makes that exchange for us. And it's a great exchange. So, and then on to C, and we ended on C last week, Christ. Christ. We can declare Christ. We read um, in 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians where Paul explains that the good news message that we have is the message of what? Christ. It's the message of Christ. We have this treasure, Paul says. We have this treasure, this supremely valuable message of Christ in jars of clay, as he described it. Our bodies, our breakable bodies, our temporary bodies. We have this supremely valuable message, this treasure in jars of clay. And God has chosen us to spread the good news of Christ, to declare Christ. We were challenged with the question, can we, like Paul, be unashamed of the gospel of Christ and declare the good news to those around us? And we spent most of our time last week on Christ, which is appropriate, I think, don't you? And now we'll continue on together with L. And if you took your sheets home with you, you might have uh, figured some of these out. And you'll probably be ahead of me a little bit today here. But L, this declaration is love. Love. We can declare love. How, how do I make a declaration of love? I point to God. He is love. I declare His loving acts. You don't have to go any further than John 3.16. For God so loved, dot, 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 <laughs> that what? That He gave. He gave an act, a loving act. He gave His Son. Love is the basis of the good news of the gospel of Christ that we talked about in C. <laughs> Love is the basis of that. And we can declare that this morning. God loved so much. I like how it puts that word so in there. For God so loved. God so loved. God loved so much that he gave his son. Jesus loved so much that he gave his life. He gave himself. We also must love. And loving requires that we give of ourself. I didn't, see, I didn't hear any ouches. But it does hurt, doesn't it? When we love, it requires that we give of ourself. It costs something. Let's uh, read 1 John. 1 John 4, verses 7 through 11. It 
Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So how do we make a declaration of love? By loving. Put that verb on it. It's a verb. We're, by loving. That's how we make a declaration of love. The best way we can declare our love for God is by loving people. But which people? Do we get to pick and choose? <laughs> do we get to pick and choose uh, which ones to love? No. Um, God calls us to love everybody, doesn't he? Who does he love? Everybody, right? And aren't we to be like him? I read uh, someone uh, had written this. You may have heard it before. It says, if we love Jesus, we will love what Jesus loves. Jesus loves people. In Matthew 22, let's read verse 36 through 40. I'm just going to... Read it from there at this time. <laughs> Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Followers of Christ are defined by love. The Declaration of Independence, as we referred to last week, it costs the signers something. I don't know if you've read, just go look that up. What, uh, what was the cost that was paid by the signers of the Declaration of Independence? You'll probably find some pages that have listed uh, name by name of what price they had to endure, what cost they had to pay for putting their name on that document. It basically was a declaration of war, and they were targets <laughs> at this point. Let me read what's at the end, near the end of the Declaration of Independence. They expected that when they made this declaration, that uh, there would be a cost to pay. Here's what they said. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They knew ahead of time when they were making that declaration, their lives may be on the line, right? And their fortunes. And most of them ended up paying a remarkably high price. Many suffering loss of their property, and some even the loss of their life. Our declaration of love will also cost us something. Loving requires that we give of ourself. Love is costly. Even if it's not a biblical type of love, 
in the world when they are in a love relationship with each other, it costs something to be in that. And a lot of times there's a lot of hurt and pain that goes along with it as a result. God in His love for us, Romans 8.32 says, spared not His own Son. He spared not His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. Love costs something. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, I won't take the time in the message this morning to read the whole thing, but you can find it in Luke chapter 10. And it gives us a picture of, you you've know the story probably, of the Samaritan who finds the man beaten on the side of the road and he takes him and he takes care of him and takes him to the, uh, to the inn and uh, pays them to take care of him and he sends him on his, uh, puts him on his own uh, animal and he walks alongside it. It cost him something to love, to show love to that person, right? It, it cost our, we can see four things at least in what it, love cost from this parable. Love cost our resources. You know, he paid out money for this. That's my stuff, right? <laughs> love cost my stuff. Sometimes we can get kind of clingy to our things, right? Love can cost our resources. Two, love cost our time. It pulls me away from something that I want to be doing. I want to be taking a nap right now, right? I want to be doing this, but love demands something else. It requires, it um, demands a cost. And sometimes that cost is our time. It also, love costs us our reputation. For in the case of the Good Samaritan, he wasn't supposed to be having anything to do with Jews. And he could have been thinking, well, that's a Jew. I don't want anybody to see me talking to a Jew. This might hurt my reputation and, or whatever. And, um, but at the risk of that, it cost him his reputation to show love to that man. And I have to ask myself the question, have I ever not shown love to someone because the risk of my own reputation? Am I more concerned with what others might say or think than I am with the person in front of me who needs me to love them? Will I love anyone? Anyone. Will I love anyone regardless of race or status in life, their political views, sexual preference, their religious stance, or am I worried about how it will look if I love on that person? Yeah, that's some things I have to ask myself. Love costs us something. A fourth thing we can see from this parable of the Good Samaritan, love costs us our comfort. And kind of in a way, all these other ones that I've said are about this too. The easy thing is not always the right thing. You've found that to be true, haven't you? Now, oftentimes it's not. The easy thing is not always the loving thing. Am I willing to give up my own comfort for the sake of someone else? It really comes down to me in looking over this selfishness versus selflessness. Selfishness versus selflessness. And sorry, I don't have any of these on the slides. But um, 
It's a hard thing. Because, you know, I, I said earlier, here, it's my stuff. It's my time. It's my whatever. And we have to come to the point to say, if I'm going to love like the Bible is calling me to and like God is calling me to love people, it's going to cost me something. And I'm going to have to become less selfish and more selfless like Jesus was. It's a process. But uh, God can help us in it. It's a hard thing. You might have uh, heard the little story about... Um, they were, I think it was a grandpa, and I uh, was talking to his uh, grandson, and they were eating breakfast, and uh, they had their eggs and their bacon and all that, and the grandpa asked the little boy, he said, uh, you know, who had to sacrifice more, uh, the chicken or the pig for this breakfast? Right? <laughs> so, so we got the eggs we're eating here. There might have been a little bit of sacrifice there, I don't know. But we got the egg, but then to eat this bacon, the pig had to give his life, Right? There's a sacrifice, so it costs something. And sometimes there's varying degrees of cost. But to really love someone like the Bible calls us to love, it's going to cost. It's going to cost us. There was a song, I think it might have been a Michael W. Smith song ages ago, <laughs> but it said something like this, love isn't love until you give it away. Am I wrong or was that a secular song? <laughs> I don't know. But love isn't love until you give it away. When you give it away, that, that's that cost that's required of love. It's a, love is sacrificial. It's selfless and giving. What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to give to love like God is calling us to love? Another way to think about it is what am I unwilling to give? God spared not his own son. Romans 8. And then Romans 12 says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. So you don't have to be like the pig, right? But we do have to be willing to die to ourself. Die to ourself to be able to love like God wants us to love. So this L, I might have spent a little more time on this one like I did on Christ. But it's an important one. A declaration of love. How... Do we make this declaration of love? By loving, by loving, by loving people. And it's going to cost us something to do that. It's easy to declare that we love God when that love doesn't cost us that much. But the real test of our love for God is how we treat people right in front of us. Our family members, our fellow believers here in church. We can't truly love God while neglecting to love those who, create, who are created in His image. 1 John 4.20 says, if we do, we're really lying. Right? It says, we love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So can we do that this morning? Can we make a declaration of love? And in that declaration comes with it some action of loving, loving each other. To declare our love for God, let's love those around us. He did that for us. All right, let's move on to A. A is not a word, as you can tell. It's a bunch of words. It's a whole sentence. I couldn't... 
Um, I couldn't pass this one up. A declaration, this is a, a great declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a great declaration to make as a believer. Now, I won't spend too much time on this one this morning because this is uh, basically the summary of uh, a message that we shared together a few weeks ago about take a stand. I think that was on Father's Day. And um, how we, we read about Elijah and then we also made reference to this passage in Joshua. So let's read that together where this, uh, this declaration comes from. This scripture comes from Joshua 24, 14 through 15. So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you ref refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that great? That's a mighty declaration, and you can make that. Make that uh, just a bold statement and take a stand and say, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's a great declaration. Not wavering between two opinions like Elijah said. Not riding the fence in our commitment to God, but taking a stand to serve God wholeheartedly. There's plenty of things in this world that will call us call to us and just kind of whisper our names to come, come see me, you know. And they want our time and our attention. Lots of things in this world are vying for our time and attention. Many of them are inherently bad. But we have to be careful, keep a close check on our hearts that we're not setting them up as an idol and turning them into a god before we know it, have you found yourself on that slippery slope before? Before you know it, it can be like we're serving that thing over serving the Lord. So make God your priority. Love Him and serve Him with all your heart. And be able to make that declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right. Moving to R. R. It's a great word, redemption. Redemption, it was uh, made reference to in one of the songs the praise team did this morning. Thank you for that. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Remember that? I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We can make that declaration, right? Can you declare I'm redeemed? It feels good. It feels good. I dare you to do it. <laughs> right? To be redeemed means that a purchase has been made. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Christ purchased, He redeemed, He bought back our freedom and the price was His life. In the Old Testament, the times of the Old Testament, a person's debts 
could result in his being sold as a slave. Do you remember reading about that? The next of kin could redeem him and buy his freedom. That's what Christ has done for us. He's redeemed us. He's purchased us. He's bought back our freedom. And we can celebrate in that this morning and we can declare redemption this morning. We owe a debt that we cannot pay. Silver and gold cannot buy salvation. Houses and lands and whatever else you can collect, the oil underneath all of them, none of that can redeem a soul. But by his death on the cross, Jesus Christ redeemed those who repent and believe in him. Let's read one more passage of scripture about redemption. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. We can't escape from sin on our own. Only the life of God's Son can free us. So God declares us redeemed. You know, He marks it, He puts paid in full, puts the stamp on it. Paid in full. If you accept the blood payment that Christ paid for you. So can you declare redemption this morning? Amen. I'm redeemed. All right, and we get to E, the final letter in our acronym, I declare. This one um, is eternal weight of glory. You might remember the passage from 2 Corinthians that has that phrase in it. Eternal weight of glory. Paul uh, says in that uh, for us to not lose heart in this world that's decaying around us. Because we have an eternity with God to look forward to. Amen? I was um, privileged to be asked to speak at a funeral yesterday. And um, it's a memorial service. And it's a lot different when you can do that for someone you know that was a believer. Right? It's a completely different atmosphere. Because you know that there's an eternity that can be talked about. An eternity with God. A good eternity. An eternity with God. And, um, and death has been defeated. And there's an eternal weight of glory here. So I want to read the passage that this comes from. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. And then I'll skip down to 16 through 18. Sorry, I thought I had that one tagged. I could just read it off there. but <laughs> All right. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. In verse 16, we do not lose heart. 
Another translation says, we do not give up. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Isn't that good? Now, back when I lifted weights a little, can't you tell I used to lift weights? <laughs> it was a very little if I did it. Um, I remember once uh, I was doing a bench press, and I couldn't lift the barbell off my chest, and I found that it was starting to roll down, you know, toward my throat, and I was starting to get panicked a little bit. But um, there was my spotter there in the wings, and he came and, uh, and lifted it off. But I thought I'd be crushed, right? <laughs> Thankfully, uh, my spotter was there to help me. Sometimes we feel like everything is just crashing around us and that we'll be crushed. Like uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians much more eloquently than I did. <laughs> problem after problem. Nothing ever seems to work right. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know that. It's easy to lose heart. And just quit. But Paul's telling us, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit because of what? We have something to look forward to. An eternity with God. Don't lose the eternal perspective. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So a glory that outweighs the present troubles. That's what we have to look forward to. Something that will last forever, an eternity with God. And he goes on, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever I'm sorry I didn't have that for you to look at but that's New Living Translation if you want to look at that later we don't look at the troubles we can see now rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen that doesn't sound easy to do does it and if you've tried it it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. It's, um, you have to be intentional about it. It doesn't come naturally for us to not see the things that we're seeing. Right? It doesn't make sense. Because it's saying, don't look at the things which are seen. Well, how am I supposed to do that? I'm seeing it. But look at the things which are not seen. Well, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> They're not seen. How am I supposed to look at them? And Paul's saying, if we can grasp this, this eternal perspective, it's going to help us so much to be able to see beyond the present troubles that we have and what's to come, the eternal weight of glory, that glory that far outweighs the present troubles that we have. So don't let fatigue, I know some of you are tired, don't let pain, I know some of you are hurting, you're struggling with pain. Or criticism. Maybe you're just having a hard time at your job. 
or with your, your, with your employer or whatever. Um, don't let these things force you off the job. Renew your commitment to serving Christ. Don't forsake your eternal reward because of the intensity of today's pain. This stuff now is just momentary light affliction, as Paul puts it. And look what it's producing for us. An eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. So we can declare today the hope that we have because of God's promise of eternal life. Another song, I make, y'all have learned this from me, I make lots of song references. There was a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman a long time ago, but it was uh, more to this life. He said there's more to this life than just living and dying. More than just trying to make it through another day. And he goes on just talking about the eternal perspective. There's more to it than that. We have something to look forward to and we can declare that this morning. Eternal weight of glory. Eternity with God. There's a world around us that needs to hear of this hope that we have. That we're declaring. Natural people seeing only natural things. They just see the problems in front of them, right? And it's only natural to see that. But we have a hope of something supernatural. Something beyond this world. Eternal life. And they could benefit from hearing us declare it. Well, I declare. We've got to the end. <laughs> Independence. Our freedom from the rule of sin in our lives. Death is defeated. A declaration we can make because of the resurrection of Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. And we share in his victory over the death, right? An excellent exchange. Because of Christ, my sin can be exchanged for his righteousness. What a great exchange. We should be, I mean, that's a good deal. You ever gotten a good deal and you just had to tell somebody about it? You know, you, you got, man, I can't believe it. You know, I got these shoes for $40. They were $60. I got them on sale for $40. You need to go there. You know, and we tell them about a good deal we get on a pair of shoes, right? How are we telling people about this good deal that we've got, this excellent exchange that we have with God? Declare Christ. We declare the good news of the message of Jesus Christ. My Redeemer. My Rescuer. We declare love. Love for the Lord by what? By loving people. By loving people. Put a verb on it. Love them. Even realizing that it's going to be costly. Let's declare love and be determined to live it out. Selflessly. Giving of ourselves. And loving those around us. And then A, as for me and my house, we will what? We will serve the Lord, right? Let's take a stand and commit to serving the Lord above all else. And R, redemption. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Because of sin, I owed a debt I couldn't pay. But because of Jesus, God stamps me with a paid in full stamp. I'm redeemed. And E, eternal weight of glory. Eternity with God. Don't give up. Understand that your present troubles are temporary. 
Your eternal glory far outweighs them. And we have a hope beyond this life. We can declare, to get, declare today the hope we have because of God's promise of eternal life with Him. And let's remember that while it's necessary to use words sometimes <laughs> to make a declaration, the life that we live also makes a declaration without saying a word. So what are you declaring? What does your life declare without saying a word? We spoke on this a little bit last week, and I'll close with this. Is your life declaring negativity, defeat, worry, fear, anger, bitterness, that just another day drudgery attitude? Is that what your life is declaring? Is that what people see when they see you? Or is your life declaring hope and joy and peace and victory and love and forgiveness, gratitude? Our life should be a declaration. When people look at us, they should be able to tell what's on the inside. And it should be declaring on the outside. How do we declare it? By putting it into the verb, like I've said. By doing it. By loving, by forgiving, by showing grace, by showing mercy and compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And we could go on and you could read the list of the fruit of the Spirit. We can hope, we can trust, we stand for God, we show gratitude, and yes, once again, we love. As we outwardly do and say these things, we're making a declaration of what God has done on the inside of our life. I declare. Let's um, have the musicians come forward and we'll close the, um, close the message this morning. What can you declare this morning? Let's pray as they're coming forward. Dear God, we're so thankful that we do have some great things that we can declare. And they're great because they involve you. God, you've redeemed us. You've um, set us free. You've given us a promise of eternal, eternity with you. God, uh, we have the love. You have love that you gave us that we can pass on to others. God, you, um, you sacrificed to give us a life. And God, uh, we are called to, to sacrifice also as we love people around us. God, we pray that um, you'll help us this morning to see if there's any of these things that we're talking about that we can't honestly say, oh, I, can, I can't declare that really today in my life. God, help us to say, well, today's the day that I can make that change. I can turn that around. And that can be a declaration that I can personally make today as well. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done for us. God, we pray that we will be just um, sold out to you and wholehearted service to you. And God, that we'll see just um, a change among people in our community, among a revival in our community because of the de declarations that are being lived out for what you've done in our life. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anyway, well, why don't you stand with us as we declare that we are going on. <laughs> going on.
like to wish everyone a wonderful day when you leave here. And I challenge you to declare. Find somewhere, find something that you can declare today. Please join me with prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day, for these people, for these lives, for this message. We ask that you help us keep our eyes open for where we can declare and give us the courage to do it. We ask these things in your name. Amen.